What's up, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your one and only Stephen Payton. The date is Friday, the 18th of December. I really should have started my Christmas shopping by now. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, the former chair of Yes Scotland has said that Nicola Sturgeon must seize the day and hold a second independence referendum as soon as possible after the Holyrood elections next year. Dennis Canavan, a former Labour MP and independent MSP, has said that the vote should move ahead even if Boris Johnson refuses to grant a Section 30 order to the First Minister. His reason being that if the Scottish government don't get a move on with it, we might lose the political momentum that is currently behind the Yes movement. Speaking with the Sunday National this week, Canavan said that if the people of Scotland vote at the May election to give the Scottish Parliament and the Scottish Government an unequivocal mandate for NDF2, then I think the public mood would be in favour of holding NDRF2 as soon as practicable. And if the Scottish Government were perceived to be pussyfooting around, then the public mood may change and the chance of victory may be diminished. Of course, how we get from here to a second independence referendum, while the Westminster government continues to deny Scots the right to hold a democratic vote, is very much a matter for further discussion. But there's no doubt that there is indeed serious political momentum behind the Yes movement right now. After all, this week saw another two polls showing that a majority of Scots back independence and there's the sound. The first came from Servation and showed a 52% majority for yes, while also pointing to an SNP majority at Holyrood next year, not to mention the best return for the Scottish Green Party yet. The second poll, the more interesting poll, from Savanta Comres on behalf of the Scotsman, showed similar results for the two pro-independence parties alongside a whopping 58% backing independence for Scotland. On top of giving the SNP a majority at next year's election, the poll result also shows the Scottish Greens with their best result in over three years and suggests that they could increase their seat number by five while the Tories and the Labour are set to lose a number of seats each. And according to this poll, when it comes to public trust, the Scottish Tories are seen to be the most likely to break their promises. Not surprising given that, well they break their promises. It's hard to trust a party that just spent the last week attempting to undermine democracy in Scotland. And I'm not just talking about the internal markets bill here, which, you know, despite serious concerns about how it will damage devolution across the UK, is being pressed ahead with by Westminster regardless. No, I'm talking about the fact that the Tories seem to be happy to lie about constitutional issues directly to our faces. This week, Tory MP Jacob Rees-Mogg claimed that the union had actually grown stronger since Brexit, and that the UK's response to the pandemic was one of the reasons why. Excuse me, but... <laughs> what? I've got 17 consecutive polls that say otherwise, Jacob. Your man, John Curtis says that support for independence has grown because of the Tories' approach to Brexit. Not to mention the political vacuum that is Boris Johnson. Are you lying? Or are you just so blinkered by British exceptionalism that you can't see what's happening right in front of you? Could somebody tell Jacob's nanny to just nip round with a pot of tea and a heavy dose of reality? 
Rhys-Mogg wasn't the only one at it either. Michael Gove also found himself under the spotlight in the House of Commons when SNP MP Pete Wishart pointed out that you could hardly say staying in the Union was the settled will of the Scottish people when you had an endless parade of opinion polls showing otherwise. To which Gove responded that opinion polls aren't really relevant for some reason and that we can see the benefits of the Union in simple acts such as funding for the NHS in Scotland. Somehow, he seems to have forgotten the Scots actually pay taxes and we'd likely continue to do so in an independent Scotland. Ten points if you can name the types of services we'd be funding too. Starts with an N, ends with an HS. Honestly though, I'm not sure which is worse. Jacob Rees-Mogg and Michael Gove's absolute inability to engage with reality or the Scottish Tories who this week just decided that they would not take part in a second independence referendum if it was run by Holyrood. Probably a wise decision for them, lest they push the yes vote higher than it already is. So even if it was completely legal and above board, the Scottish Tory leader Douglas Ross has claimed that they would not participate. And I suppose knowing that you would lose, this is the only move the party would have left to try sow the seeds of illegitimacy in Scotland's decision. Still though, when it came right down to it, I entirely doubt the Conservatives would have the wherewithal to actually follow through on that. Not when the union was actually on the line. And while we're here today, let's also not forget our Welsh brothers, sisters and gender non-binary comrades who have found themselves in the crosshairs of the democracy-denying Tories as well. Wales is also under threat from Westminster's appalling internal market spill. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Plaid Cymru leader Adam Price has announced that should his party win in next year's elections, they plan to hold an independence referendum of their own in their first term. The Senate elections take place on May 6th, 2021, which is the same date scheduled for the Scottish Parliament vote. What a day. Anyway, that brings us to an end this week. With all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? Falling apart faster than Tory MP Tobias Elwood's excuses for why he thought it was alright to attend a Christmas dinner party with 27 other people during a pandemic. See you all again next week.